The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. for you. A.D. Skinner asked me to come down and help find Agent Mulder. You know nothing, Agent Miller. Nothing more than this morning. There's talk on the internet. What kind of talk? People are freaking out about reports on the Tattle Malley show. Now, I know this is hard for people at home to comprehend, so what are we looking at, Dr. Rubel? The scale and scope? A scale we've never dreamed. A scope that quickly becomes global. A massive contagion, then? Not one contagion, but a variety of contagions. If the flu doesn't kill you, then something else will. This man, Tad O'Malley, has been making claims. Claims about what? You and everyone you know has a piece of DNA in your genome. Put there without your knowing it. Put there by whom? Well, that's the question of the day. This is an internet lunatic. You're not saying you believe him. Just hold on, Agent Einstein. You're talking to a scientist. Uh, forgive me, Assistant Director. It may sound insensitive, but the suggestion is pure science fiction. What I'm saying, Agent Einstein, is that the facts, as I understand them, cannot be discounted out of hand. No one has the right or the ability to tamper with your DNA. Unless we gave them that ability. The tentacles reached far back into the last century. But it wasn't until victories in Europe and Japan and the onset of the Cold War that political and economic conditions became perfect for actual execution. A conspiracy bigger and more secret than the Manhattan Project. More odious and far-reaching. No sooner had we defeated Germany than a new threat started appearing in skies over America. Drawn to Earth by the latest threat to extinction, the H-bomb. Explosions acting as transducers, drawing alien life forms through wormholes in spaceships using electrogravitic propulsion. Advanced extraterrestrial species visiting us, concerned for mankind and the threat of our self-destruction, forestalling our annihilation through their own self-sacrifice. And crashes at Roswell, more importantly, places like Aztec. World leaders signed secret memos directing scientific studies of alien technology and biochemistry. Classified studies were done at military installations S-4, Groom Lake, Wright-Patterson, and Dulce. Extracting alien tissue, tests were done on unsuspecting human subjects, and elaborately staged abductions in craft using alien technology recovered from the down saucers. Including human hybridization through gene editing and forced implantation of alien embryos. Why do such a thing and lie about it? Our own government. Your own government lies as a matter of course, as a matter of policy. The Tuskegee experiments on black men in the 30s, Henrietta Lacks. What are they trying to do? That's the missing piece. But it's not hard to imagine. A government hiding, hoarding alien technology for 70 years at the expense of human life and the future of the planet. Driven not only by corporate greed, but a darker objective the takeover of America. And then the world itself, by any means necessary, however violent, or cruel, or efficient. By severe drought, brought on by weather wars, conducted secretly using aerial contaminants and high-altitude electromagnetic waves, in a state of perpetual war, to create problem, reaction, solution scenarios to distract, enrage, and enslave American citizens at home with tools like the Patriot Act and the National Defense Authorization Act, which abridge the Constitution in the name of national security. 
the militarization of police forces in cities across the U.S., the building of prison camps by the Federal Emergency Management Agency with no stated purpose, the corporate takeover of food and agriculture, pharmaceuticals and healthcare, even the military in clandestine agendas to fatten, dull, sicken, and control a populace already consumed by consumerism. And I encourage you all to go shopping more. A government that taps your phone, collects your data, and monitors your whereabouts with impunity. A government preparing to use that data against you when it strikes. And the final takeover begins. The takeover of America. By a well-oiled and well-armed multinational group of elites that will cull, kill, and subjugate. Happening as we sit here. It's happening all around us. The other shoe waiting to drop. It'll probably start on a Friday. The banks will announce a security action necessitating their computers to go offline all weekend. Digital money will disappear. They can just steal your money? Followed by the detonation of strategic electromagnetic pulse bombs to knock out major grids. What will seem like an attack on America by terrorists or Russia. Or a simulated alien invasion using alien replica vehicles that exist and are already in use. An alien invasion of the U.S. The Russians tried it in 47. You can't say these things. I'm going to say them tomorrow. It's fear-mongering, claptrap, isolationist, techno-paranoia, so bogus and dangerous and stupid that it borders on treason. Saying these things would be incredibly irresponsible. It's irresponsible not to say it. Especially if it's the truth. Tonight, get ready for a remarkable radio experience as we transport you back three decades to September 1993. It was a moment that changed television forever, introducing us to a show that pushed the boundaries of reality and took us on a journey of mystery, belief, and the unknown. As fate would have it, we're airing this interview exactly 30 years from the very genesis of the series. Joining us is the brilliant mind behind the exploration of this iconic show, Dr. Bethan Jones. With a deep passion for fan culture, cult television, and the dynamics of online spaces, Dr. Jones is a prominent academic and writer. Her insightful contributions have graced the pages of esteemed publications, delving into subjects ranging from Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, to Fifty Shades of Grey, Harry Potter, to Twin Peaks. But tonight, our focus is on The X-Files, as Dr. Jones is also the author of the truth is still out there, 30 years of the X-Files. Through her scholarly lens, she takes us deep into the world of the X-Files, a realm where the line between fact and fiction blurs, and conspiracy looms around every corner. In the backdrop of an era where conspiracy theories have evolved and taken on new forms, the X-Files remains an enigmatic reflection of our fears and uncertainties. Dr. Jones' insightful analysis unveils the layers of its impact on culture, society, and our perception of truth. As we explore this timeless phenomenon, we invite you to embrace the mysteries, the questions, and the revelations that The X-Files offers. So, get ready for an intellectual odyssey that will challenge your perceptions and ignite your imagination. Stay tuned, because tonight, the truth is still out there. Welcome to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. 
To access tonight's full interview and all of our exclusive material, simply join the Veritas Plus family by clicking on the subscribe button at VeritasRadio.com. And while you're there, don't forget to check out the Veritas store for a range of great products, including Focused Life Force Energy. Experience the power of FLFE with a 15-day free trial today. No credit card required. We're excited to announce the launch of our brand new Veritas Plus Insider, your source for exclusive news and insights you won't find anywhere else. If you're looking to get in touch with Mel, have a guest suggestion, or would like to provide feedback, simply click on the contact button on our website. So sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's show. And now, here's your host, Mel Hastelrick. And directly from South Wales in the UK, my special guest today is Dr. Bethan Jones. Hello, Bethan, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm good, thank you, and thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. It's my pleasure, and of course, I told you, you know, for weeks that I've been wanting to discuss the X-Files for a very long time, and guess what? This show is airing in September of 2023, which is exactly 30 years from the X-Files genesis. Mm-hmm. So it's great to sit down with, with the author of such a comprehensive work on the X-Files. The, the show has been a cultural phenomenon, and the truth is still out there. That's the title of your book, and it is true. The truth is still out there. So tell me, how how did you, were you always a fan? How did you start being a scholar when it comes to the X-Files? Um, I So when I was younger, I, I was really into kind of, the supernatural, the unexplained. Um, I was determined I was going to be a parapsychologist when I grew up. Um, and my grandfather also read a lot of science fiction. So I'd read, you know, Isaac Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke and stuff like that. And I heard about this show that was going to be airing in the UK. And it aired in the UK, um, I think we were about 12, 18 months behind the US. And I was determined I was going to hate it. I was like, this is going to be rubbish. It's going to be taking the make out of, you know, the unexplained. It's it's just, it's going to be awful. I'm going to hate it. And then I watched an episode. My stepfather was watching an episode and I'm 99% sure it was Darkness Falls. And I absolutely loved it. So, so I kind of did this entire 180 and was like, this show is amazing. And dived like headfirst into the fandom. Um, Funnily enough, one of my English teachers in school was also a huge fan. Um, and we didn't have the internet at that point. So my discussions were basically with my English teacher and one of my friends in school. But even from, like, I was about 14 then, I think. And even then, I was like, I want to write a book about the X-Files. And originally, I wanted to write a book about the philosophy of the X-Files. Um, and for my third year undergraduate dissertation, I wrote about reality and fiction in contemporary culture using the Matrix and the X-Files as my examples. And then a real academic who is also a philosopher wrote a book called The Philosophy of the X-Files um, in the 2000s. I can't remember the exact date. And I was like, right, well, I can't write that book. Um, but it was it was the X-Files, it was fandom that got me into being an academic, like I'd read a load of academic texts about the X-Files because there's a lot being written about it. Um, And just for fun, I'd sort of post these essays on my live journal talking about different aspects of the show. And it it just, it kind of went from there. I started my PhD. I started writing more about the show, more about other sort of pop culture texts. And um, and now I've got a book out about it, which which is 
absolutely bizarre. I remember one of the the writers, Vince Gilliland, right? Mm. He also wrote Breaking Bad. Yes, he I did. don't know. If, yeah. Did you ever watch Breaking Bad? By the way, I don't mean to mix both series. <laughs> no, go for it. I I really tried, um, and I think I watched the first three episodes of season one. I must have seen them about three or four times, and I I couldn't get into it. Um, and I've been told that I should stick with it because it does, you know, get a lot better. And I really should because I I love Vince's work on the X Files, but it's it's one that I just I haven't been able to stick with for whatever reason. Don't know if the sound has gone on my end. Oops, or... no, no, it's on my end. I need <laughs> it myself. So it's Gilligan, <laughs> not Gilliland, as I said. But I, I'm just thinking that if you watch the, the Breaking Bad, you'll see some similarities in, mm. in certain things. You'll say, this is something, something that came from the X-Files. And even the yeah. characters, you know, the characters change. Even in the end, Scully mm. term, you know, seemed to be a little bit more less skeptic. And yeah. when it comes to Breaking Bad, one of the characters you think, oh, he's the ethical one. But in the end, it flips. And that's definitely a Gilligan trait. But when yeah. it comes to, to, to all of this, I'm just thinking in a world filled with misinformation mm -hmm. and multiple truths, the X-Files seemed to be ahead of its time back then. How do you think the X-Files address the challenges of discerning truth in a postmodern world? And how does it resonate with today's audience? I think, I mean, I think one of the things that I love about the show is that it grapples with these really like quite difficult questions of of what is truth, because I personally don't think there can only be one truth. Like truth is subjective. Um, and we see that, I think, really clearly with, with Mulder and Scully. You know, Mulder's searching for the truth of what happened to his sister and, you know, throughout the course of the series, we end up with many different truths about what happened to Samantha. Um, whereas Skelly, who, you know, as you rightly said, starts out as a, a total sceptic, she comes to find truth in different ways. And there's a quote by Frank Spotnitz that I really love, which is this idea that it kind of, for those two characters, truth comes back to love, um, which, and I, I'm not a shipper by any stretch of the imagination, but I really like that idea um and i think that in itself is quite a, a postmodern um postmodern idea um but i think what the show did like you said it it really kind of highlighted this postmodern search for truth and it talked a lot both explicitly and implicitly about fake news and misinformation and disinformation which i think is one of the reasons why bringing it back in 2016 for season 10, the, the first revival season, was in theory a really good idea. Because I think the X-Files has always been really good at picking up on key themes of its time. Um, so in the early seasons, obviously, you know, Watergate and the Cold War was a, a sort of massive influence on the show. Um, there was a lot of stuff there about sort of the coming out of the Bush presidency, the Clinton presidency. And we got that, I think, with 2016, with the presidential election for Donald Trump and this kind of spreading of misinformation. I think there was a real sense that the X-Files could deal with that because that was the show's bread and butter. You know, in sort of the, the mid-2010s, no one knew what truth was. There were so many different concepts and versions of the truth that was out there. 
that the X-Files was kind of prime for de- dealing with that. Whether it did that and did it successfully is debatable, I think. Um, and I, I ended up, I did um, some uh, audience research after, well, before season 10, after season 10, before season 11 and after season 11 and, and kind of asked there was what they thought of both seasons, whether they thought bringing it back was a good idea. And initially people were saying, yes, I'm really excited to see what Chris Carter does with WikiLeaks and Snowden and all of these new things yeah. that, are, that are coming out. Um, the response kind of after season 10 and after season 11 was they completely <laughs> screwed this up and it could have been great, but it wasn't which I thought was really, really interesting. That's very interesting because I would have thought that it would have been fertile ground. As mm. you said, Snowden, WikiLeaks, so many things they could have exploited. Totally. And they brought Tad O'Malley. Yeah. I think they laid it, the latter, the very latter shows were great. Um, mm-hmm. Those that, that season that came before the last one, eh, but the last ones I thought it was great. Do you think they're coming back at all or did they throw in the towel already? Mm. Um, I mean, I I would love to see them come back. I don't think they will. Um, there's an issue with Gillian Anderson, obviously. Um, who, going back to like what we sort of discussed before we started recording properly, like Skelly was this amazing female character in the '90s. She was this really strong character, particularly for the time. Um, when they brought the show back, they kind of didn't update any of the sort of gender politics within it um which was a really bad idea and and that was both kind of in the show itself you know some of the storylines about Skelly and William her son were just mishandled horrendously but also behind the scenes you know there wasn't a lot of women writers women directors um working on season 10 that was addressed slightly in season 11 partly because Gillian then posted a tweet saying, you know, in this day and age, it's ridiculous that we don't have this. Um, and there were a lot of issues that I think means Gillian Anson won't come back. And whether they could do the X-Files with David Jacobney and without Gillian Anson, I don't know. Um, what, what was really frustrating for me, though, is like you said, there was so much potential for what they could have done with seasons 10 and 11. And there is obviously the um, the Lost Art of Foreheads for it, which is the season 11 episode written by Darren Morgan that is probably the most kind of on-the-nose political episode of the revivals um, because, you know, he literally takes text from Trump's speeches and places it in the mouth of an alien that's landed on Earth and is talking about building a wall around Earth so that we can't <laughs> infect the rest of the galaxy. You know, that, that is like really, really on the nose. Um, but it was just, there was so much that was wasted, I thought. And I don't know, I don't know if they'd be able to recover from that if they wanted to do another series following on with Mulder and Scully. Like if they wanted to do like a spin off or maybe a prequel series, that could be done. But it just seemed like such a wasted opportunity, given the current, you know, political, technological, social, cultural context, that they they've just massively dropped the ball. Yeah, I must agree with you. But right now, as I said, mm. they needed some some better writing, 
better screenplays. Yeah. Because right now, again, with what's happening in Washington, with this whole UFO mm. flow, information coming out, I mean, I can see Mulder coming out and yeah. saying, wait, Scully, <laughs> I think. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.